Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of the Mind Yourself podcast with myself and Christy here. Um, further conversation in relation to stress. First off, I want to thank uh, David Kavanagh um, with his episode with Christy from last week. Um, as a sex therapist, the conversation was really interesting and it actually will be quite relevant to our chat today. Um, obviously, as you would have heard, um, David um, brought up some interesting points on the state of sex ed in Ireland today, which is obviously a hot topic for everyone um, and is a constantly changing field. Um, so maybe to start off, Christy, obviously this episode for anyone who's listening is going to be based on sexual health, sexual education and its um its connection to stress so maybe to start off christy could you give your opinion on uh what sex education and the state of sex education is in ireland today yeah um so i would agree with most of what david cavan has said uh particularly in ireland how we are behind um i like this point he made i think it's very true that basically there's been a shift in ireland that uh, particularly young boys, but uh, boys and girls are learning their sex education. It's gone from the Catholic Church, which was that sex is a bad thing, to now porn, which uh, is creates unrealistic ideas of sex. Um, but one point I think is important um, that they didn't really acknowledge uh, directly is that I think the biggest problem is the children are taught um, and teenagers are taught that sex uh, is always successful. Um, that basically, again, when you compare it to pornography, for example, um, this is a weird way of saying it, but like the people in pornography are essentially professional sex workers. So they're like very good at their job, obviously. <laughs> and uh, that yeah. creates the sense basically that sex is always successful. And it, of course, then creates unrealistic ideas of sex. And in reality, um, like I'm sure it's something that's still brushed under the carpet, but things like premature ejaculation, like impotence, like lack of sexual arousal for males and females are still very, very common things. Um, mm. I think it's even one in five um, is what the latest statistic I saw. Um, and that's wow. not even in like biology. And is that... Is that for a particular age group or is that just in I, general? I think it's consistent, like, but particularly, like, I imagine when teenagers are having sex for the first time, they they have no idea what they're doing. So that, of course, increases the risk of um, some sort of issue happening during sex. Like, you know, it's a common it's a common uh, topic as well that the, your first time is always terrible and awkward because people don't know <laughs> yeah. what they're doing. Um, yeah. And I just think that's because, like, even sex ed in schools at the moment, like, they explain the basics. Basically, this is a penis, this is a vagina. Uh, always wear a condom or you can get um, STDs. But, like, it doesn't actually explain the process of um, of sex and what can go wrong and what to do if it does go wrong. Um, mm. It's more based around consequences, um, but it's not based around actual education on the process of sex. Um, one thing I am happy about, though, I should point out is like the title now in schools is like in the curriculum is um, is sexual education and relationships. So it's sex and relationships education, because I do think they yeah. tie very closely to um, we're not going to talk about it now because this is based around stress. But it is important to acknowledge as well, like the emotions you feel when maybe you're in love with somebody and that's when you have sex with them even at a teenage, um, even in the teenage years. I think that's important yeah. to acknowledge as well. 
but it's just um it's just too still like it's improved but it's still too mechanical um that's my mm. biggest issue with the um sex ed curriculum at the moment yeah and i think i i think that bit that you started with on pornography is a nice kind of almost kind of place to kind of kickstart the how stress is connected and one of the things i'm curious about is obviously you've mentioned uh, pornography has a has a negative impact because it obviously shows a perfect sex scenario which isn't realistic but i'm wondering given obviously stress is this kind of pressure that puts people put themselves under and can something that people feel so how is the kind of modern um world we live in where there's easier access to pornography for younger people it's a more sexualized world in the media in celebrity culture how is that kind of tied to the stress that people might feel during sex um today for younger people particularly teenagers where they're so exposed to kind of a more sexualized world through social media and celebrity culture um so i'll start that by explaining i think it's important just to know the basic biology behind like the hormones involved in sex yes um so obviously um in the teenage years in early adolescence males and females hit puberty uh females generally hit puberty about 1.5 years younger than males um and puberty is what basically stems the production of sex hormones so what happens is basically the pituitary gland in the brain releases this luteinizing hormone and follicle stimulating Mm -hmm. hormone and these then stimulates the testes to release testosterone and the um and the testes to produce sperm um Mm -hmm. and in females then these same hormones are released so luteinizing hormone uh and follicle stimulating hormone basically leads to the production of estrogen and progesterone but what's also interesting is in females there's also a release of male sex hormones and they're released by the adrenal glands and what happens then is it's converted into estrogen by an enzyme in fat cells uh but what can end up happening particularly in females is if they're too stressed there's less estrogen produced because these male hormones aren't reversed and this can then lead to reproductive problems but stress in a whole what happens basically is stress in males and females shuts down this whole system because obviously okay. when you're in a if you're being chased by a lion in a dangerous situation as your body might think um it's not the time to be ovulating or it's not the time to produce sperm there's a bigger issue on hand but so what ends up yeah okay so what ends up happening yeah. then is uh in females for example uh progesterone's inhibited which uh which stops the maturation of the uterine wall and then this in this can also increase the risk then of bone issues such as estrogen um so it has loads of knock-on effects it's not only sex hormones obviously are primarily associated with sex but they're also really important in lots of other different aspects and so if again like i know this is becoming a continue uh, continuous team if that stress uh response is on all of the time that means the sex uh, sexual hormones being released is turned off all the time and then this starts to have effect on our uh, physical health our mental health and our sexual health okay so like like in all the kind of previous conversation we've had around stress and how that impacts different areas such as um child development or our bodily functions this is again just stress what it does is it prioritizes certain functions and therefore prevents certain procedures in our body from taking place and almost shuts those processes off which in this case would be your sex 
kind of hormones that are being shut off to prevent you from having sex because it's not required at that moment in time. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. And then, so I suppose we'll go to the interesting part then, which is sex itself. So what exactly yeah. happens? Um, so it goes back to what we would have talked about in the first one, this sympathetic nervous system and parasympathetic nervous system. So mm-hmm. for males, it's the parasympathetic nervous system that allows sex to take place. So when things are relaxed and calm, this basically activates or stimulates the sex hormones which then basically leads to uh, when you're in a sexual situation for males to get an erection. Okay. Um, and so the parasympathetic is basically running the show. But what happens when you're stressed is basically the sympathetic nervous system will, uh, will, will fly in too early. And then as a result, you're unable to get an erection. Um, now, what normally okay. happens during sex is so your parasympathetic nervous system is in control you're um, having sex as normal and the next thing obviously the sympathetic nervous system comes roaring in and you ejaculate so that's sex basically oh so both both the both impotence and not being able to get an erection and premature ejaculation are both caused by the sympathetic nervous system kicking in so yeah, basically. But the problem is if the stress is always there, what ends up happening is there's the sex hormones are t- turned off and there's no blood flow going to your erection. So it's actually going to other parts of your body, like, for example, your legs to deal with a stressful situation. Yeah. The parasympathetic nervous system isn't activated and then that leads to a lack of erection. And then in that mm-hmm. case where you're stressed anyway, you still might have the ability to achieve some sort of erection. But then the problem is the sympathetic nervous system is always in control. And as a result, that results in premature ejaculation. Um, and though that simple description, like, I don't think it's that complicated. I think it basically directly explains that stress uh, can lead to premature ejaculation and stress can also lead to impotence. And so mm-hmm. what? why isn't this taught to... Uh, young boys because young boys you can imagine if they're building up in their head you ask me the question about the effect of the media they think that sex is like porn and they're going to have sex for the first time and then they for example uh, suffer from impotence or they suffer from premature ejaculation just think about what that does to their mental health they're extremely Mm. embarrassed probably feeling shame and guilt in that situation and because it's not discussed in school or it's not normalized they think that there's something wrong with them or that they're the only one who uh, experiences this because the only thing they have to compare against is porn. And that is so important that children are taught that, but for some reason, they're not. Yeah, so, I mean, you you were talking about how basically that that impotence, the, the sympathetic nervous and the parasympathetic nervous system and how that actually is impacted during stress that then impacts the actual sex act itself and then how that celeb culture that kind of sexualized culture can have an impact on someone's mental health do you want to go into a little bit more detail into the actual kind of direct causes and what today's kind of culture is actually impacting when it comes to someone's so when they're viewing pornography celeb culture how that's directly causing these stressful um episodes for people during sex which leads to those issues that you mentioned before yeah, so it's taboo to talk about sex, especially at a young age. It's expected. Um, I can only speak from the male perspective, but males are expected to know what to do. 
um, and their comparison is essentially porn. And porn basically creates this concept that um, every man should be able to completely like please a woman sexually without any yeah. issues. Uh, they should know what to do. And that's the only standard they have to compare against. Mm-hmm. Um, while, and it creates this essential, I suppose, utopia where even I'd say if a m- male didn't successfully have sex with a girl they'll lie and they'll say that they did um Mm -hmm. and that obviously creates enough pressure as it is because it creates the what if it gets out as well um and then it's just this ongoing like lie essentially uh for as i mentioned one in five about one in five uh will basically have to hold that will have to keep that inside basically and act as if it's um normal but in reality in their head they're actually panicking uh completely okay okay and uh, so i suppose obviously we've mentioned and david kavanagh previously mentioned about the state of sex ed today and we've talked about how it's it is improving sex and relationships is the way it should be addressed but obviously we're focusing specifically here on stress and we've seen how stress from the biological sense can have a negative impact on the sexual experience for both male and females so what, what what should people do then? Obviously, there's no way of getting rid of pornography. The access is, is always going to be there, and if not easier for people going forward. So from the your perspective, you know, how do people then kind of bring up a kind of a sexual health or look at their sexual health with avoiding the kind of pressures that um, media and celeb culture is putting on people's sex lives? It, it should be done in schools. It should be done both. It should be done at home. It should be done in schools. Um, parents should be able to have an open conversation with their child about their sex life. Um, and then it should be done in schools where teachers should be able to have open conversation. And it's particularly important in schools because when you are educated on something alongside your colleagues, you know that they're being educated on the same thing. So, you know, everybody's on the same page. Um, I think the media in some way, like um, that, that Netflix show, Sex Education, I thought was very important um, in relation course, yeah. to, to addressing it. Um, so there does seem to be some sort of progress. But um, but in relation to improving it, like it's 100 percent education. Like it's mm. telling it's telling young boys and young girls that if sex doesn't go OK, there's not something wrong with you. It's actually more normal than you think it is. And it's factors outside of your control sometimes that you're not even aware of that are playing a role such as stress. Um, yeah. Like even the conversation we're having now, like that's not common knowledge that basically stress has such an impact on sex. I, I don't think it is. Or even if it is, they don't understand it. Um, they just know it has an impact, but they don't understand how to basically manage it and how it does affect sex specifically. Mm. Mm. But I mean, as you said, there's a lot to it. I mean, you went through high level, obviously the biological side of stress on sex. And then we've talked about just the few things top of our head that can generate that stress, which can then lead to those um, kind of stressful experiences. I'm curious that we've talked about, and you've mentioned, and we all are aware of the taboo around sex and how, uh, you know, both parenting it, teaching it, and then learning and talking about it amongst your peers is still still not fully open. It's getting there, but it's not fully open. I'm curious, 
from your perspective on the research side and more on the scientific side, obviously not my background, how sex, mental health and stress and those kind of areas are addressed in the research field and is there much research in the stress and sex field and are there anywhere that is there anywhere that's doing it very well uh and addressing sex education very well uh for people to learn from um my expertise in this now is limited but one point i will make is there's absolutely no evidence that sex ed leads to uh like even from a young age leads to because there are still arguments among people that you shouldn't be discussing sex that it promotes more sex or more um promiscuous sex um okay obviously like like they are at everything the scandinavian countries um i think they start educating children um at a very young age about sex ed um okay. And the results are basically that they have lower teenage pregnancies and they have lower levels of STDs. So, um, of course, like everything, they're better. Um, <laughs> kind of a, a common occurrence that the Scandinavian... But in relation are. to your point about... You you mentioned that it's getting better, like... like And that it's... Like, I, I still... This is my opinion now. This is not factual. I, I still think it's absolutely taboo. Um. I really don't think like I've spoken to teachers about this and teachers are uncomfortable talking about sex with their students. Um, mm. I'm, I'm assuming um, that a lot of parents, it's not the norm. Well, you will get one or two that are okay at it. It's not the norm for parents to have a discussion about sex. Um, do you know, there's always the birds and the bees, but the birds and the bees isn't an objective story. Um, like people will tell it differently. So some, I imagine some parents will offload maybe too much information in other circumstances. They'll say that they had the birds and the bees talks, but they basically just like broke it down to a two minute conversation. Um, so I, I really don't think it's getting better. Like, and I think the best way to maintain that it does get better to maintain progress is by getting it more integrated into the curriculum. Um, Mm. And it's just, and again, now again, I'm probably biased on this, but I think it's also important that it comes from younger people, um, mm. particularly younger teachers, because personally, I think when I was a student, if I had somebody coming in who was like 50 or 60 telling me what sex is, sex is changing. <laughs> um, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take them seriously. But if I had somebody maybe who was five to 10 years older than me, um, I would take it more seriously that they know what they're talking about. Um, mm. and then again, I would take in the information because I, I also personally think this is information students want. Like you always hear basically that the education system is outdated and students aren't, uh, like we don't learn anything that's useful to us. You hear students saying yeah. that like sex ed is definitely something because sex is something that every child or teenager will be exposed to at some stage in their life. So they should learn about how it works and how more, as I mentioned, how it doesn't work. I think that's important. And I mean, is, I mean, uh, and obviously, so it's, it's like what it it kind of, maybe, maybe I kind of came across wrong. It's not so much that it's not taboo, but the way it's maybe spoken about more broadly today than maybe it was in the past, but probably not in the right way. So the messaging around sex is more out there, but the problem is the messaging is incorrect with how it is showing and displaying sex if that makes sense as regards celebrity culture pornography it might be more widespread than it was when our grandparents and parents were younger but the messaging isn't correct it's invalid incorrect information that's informing kids in the wrong way but um going back to what you were saying about it's you're you're very very right like porn's not going away um 
like I like sex culture in the public um like people freely basically being more sexualized like I I don't think that's too much of an issue compared to porn like porn's a big big issue I think um but again like you said it's not going away it's not going to go away like you can't stop a child from accessing a phone or a laptop or, or and watching porn but what um what you can do again and it goes back to education you can educate them about how just telling them even that simple sentence i'd say there's plenty of people who are teenagers who don't know that porn is not a realistic um blueprint of sex it's it's mm. completely unrealistic um yeah. but they don't know that because it's not discussed because again going back to the taboo people don't want to talk about porn you know yeah okay and i suppose i mean we so when it comes kind of bringing it back a little bit more to the stress side outside of the actual process and then how how stress directly impacts um sex itself are there any more serious issues around sexual health that stress if not addressed can cause in sex or is it just you know it doesn't call it doesn't have any connections to regards more serious kind of sexual health areas or things like that does it like i i think like this did this divides is what i'm suffering a stress issue or is it a medical issue um like there's there's a there's actually a useful knack here um if there is somebody listening this can be even an adult uh if they think they're suffering from impotence um there's a thing you can do basically that as i mentioned so the parasympathetic nervous system is what responsible for getting an erection um and that's why lots of males will have an erection while they're asleep because primarily when you're asleep it's the parasympathetic nervous system in place so mm. to differentiate between if it's stress that's causing the impotence or if it's a medical problem because i'd say it's very common for people to go to doctors panicking now you can do with the official fancy way of basically getting like um some sort of technology to test if you're successfully getting erections but a far easier way is if you just wrap uh your penis with uh, a collection of stamps uh when you are uh when you don't have an erection and go to sleep if the stamps haven't moved when you wake up in the morning um that means you could have an issue but if they have moved you can tell that you successfully had an erection when you were asleep and as a result it's a psychological issue related to stress rather than a medical issue um again stamps what do you mean by stamps like postage stamps yeah like do you know like a like a line of stamps oh yes 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 yeah yeah so basically yeah. if you just wrap them like and then you stick it to the other oh, end oh yes sorry so yeah, like yeah, it's, sorry, it, yeah. it's it's like a light bind essentially um like again like th this sounds weird but but this that is something weird but this is something that's useful to know uh because imagine 18 year old who went uh let's say 18 year old male who has sex with female for the f uh, tries to have sex and can't uh suffers from impotence imagine what's going on in his head He's basically mm. thinking there's something wrong with me, um, like because everybody else is having sex. Why aren't I able to have sex? And yeah. so a simple tool rather than panicking is that little <laughs> self-experiment, I suppose you could call it. And so, so I suppose that because that kind of pressure and stress because it didn't work or, you know, it didn't go according to plan as the porn movie showed would stress that person out. And, you know, that child, girl or guy out 
to feel like they're different to everyone else and that leads to mental health issues and stress and you know self-esteem issues and things like that because so much of sex particularly when you're in your puberty years is tied to your self-esteem and i i think yeah. i think that that's where it's important and i suppose is that and and that's where the treatment differentiates so therefore you can tell if you actually have suffering from impotence due to stress in the scenario and then that can be addressed with how you look at sex and address sex versus having an actual medical condition will differ how then you treat that is that right yeah and if you're severely not uh, if you're severely suffering from impotence consistently and it seems to be a consistent problem even when you're asleep for example that's when 100% you should go to a doctor because there's something medically not right there um and then in relation to i feel like we're neglecting um there does like there's more known about uh males because there's more that can go wrong for males but for females um it's the same thing that basically stress leads to a lack of uh, sexual desire or lack of sexual libido. Um, mm. Like, for example, a study was done on rats, which I know are slightly different, but they basically showed that when rats were severely stressed, not only were they more or less likely to have sex, but it was the equivalent to completely removing um, the adrenal glands. So stress like showed that it had a massive impact on like sexual wow. attraction um, and this is relevant because one of the biggest sexual problems for females um, is basically um, like sex hurting. Uh, I think it's called vaginitis, where um, where it's painful to have sex. Um, and that is a more common issue for girls that's not discussed at all. But the reason why that's happening oh, wow. is because, again, when you're overly stressed, your uh, your sex hormones are not released. And then as a result, it doesn't respond to sex in the correct way. And then um, that can it's OK if it happens once or twice. But if it's continually happening, that's when it becomes an issue. OK, interesting. So, yeah, I mean, and so when you're looking at the research on this kind of stuff and how stress impacts both is a lot of it has to be separated and how it responds in males and females is very different because obviously, I mean, sex. OK, yes, is enjoyed in different ways by each gender, but the results of sex can be very different. Obviously, in a heterosexual relationship, sex can lead to pregnancy in a woman. It doesn't lead to pregnancy in a male. So the pressures are slightly different. Um, obviously, th there's a whole lot of other conversations around contraception, um, homosexual relationships, and all other types of relationships have different pressures in other ways. Is it still a feel very under addressed in the kind of research field in, in this kind of way is tied to mental health is there still a lot to be kind of looked at even in that area uh, on um answering you honestly I, I don't really know um like this isn't my background in relation to sexual health um one thing i will say though is like everything we're talking about is based on the individual like it's regardless of if it's a homosexual or a heterosexual relationship um one thing i do think that is covered well though is that like um is protection is basically uh contraception um not only in relation to pregnancy but also in relation to stds that is mm. one thing that the current curriculum does well uh, i think it gets across that message well like that is common knowledge that if you have sex for example without a condom uh male wise um well and female wise um in heterosexual or homosexual relationships uh not only can you run the risk of pregnancy but you can also run the risk of stds 
Um, I, I think yeah, that is explained well. But the problem was uh, during the Catholic Church years, which is what I talk about with David Kavanagh, um, it was almost like banishment that because of that, you shouldn't run the risk at all. And you shouldn't have sex, um, which isn't right. Okay. Either. Um, no. Um, one more thing I forgot to mention, actually, which I think is important. It's kind of going slightly off topic, but I still think it's relevant um, is because I always hear, you know, like obviously we know exercise is really, really important. Um, yeah. And it, it sounds funny because exercise, like like what we discussed in the first time, it's not about turning the sympathetic nervous system off. It's about it's about having a balance between the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. So mm-hmm. e- exercise is a form of stress. Um, it's basically it's something that um, that activates the sympathetic nervous system. And that's obviously a good thing. But for those who over exercise and this is where over exercise is dangerous is because it's a form of exercise or because it's a form of stress. It again turns off the sex hormone release or the sex system, essentially. And that's why, for example, people who do loads of exercise competitively from a young age, it delays their puberty. This is something that the research has consistently shown. So, for example, for female uh, gymnasts, when they exercise too much, their puberty is delayed by something like over two years. Um, And then for males as well, like they have a lower levels of testosterone um, when they're competing competitively. So um, while exercise has, we could talk about the benefits all day over exercise and particularly for uh young teens uh can actually be dangerous um i think that's important wow. to know and is, I, I don't know why may you know there there i think i feel like i've heard that before particularly in the the swimming and uh yeah. gymnast fields because i think obviously particularly in young girls they tend to compete at a very young age and their careers tend to span from early teens to about 20s early 20s before they're not they don't really compete into their later twenties, and oftentimes you see that they. I, I think I've read it somewhere about the underdevelopment in in young girls when they take part in that high level of sport at such a young age. Yeah, um, and this is dangerous again, particularly to female athletes because it can create uh, irregular uh, cycles of menstruation. Okay, and that's why it's particularly dangerous. It's not only like delayed puberty. Um, it's also those irregular cycles that can be an issue. Um, is that an issue when potentially trying to get pregnant later in life or just in general from a health perspective? Both, both. Okay, um, okay. Yeah. And um, y- y- so, I mean, from your perspective, what would you say, obviously, as we said, the impact of stress on sex, our sexual health, and how we look and how we have sex are very closely tied and have a big impact. Uh, a stress has a big impact on it, which maybe isn't fully made aware of or understood by people. What would you say are the key, key kind of highlights or tips that for people to take away from the discussion regarding, you know, why stress should be thought about when they're thinking about sex and sexual health, both probably from parents and te- probably pre- predominantly from parents and teachers just so they understand, you know, how to address kids, but then more also than for just young people in general, so they understand their own sexual health and sexual lives. 
Um, I think there's two answers to this. Um, okay. While I'm generally in favor of making change in the, uh, on the individual basis because it's too difficult on the institutional basis, I do think it can be changed through institutions. I think if sex education improves in schools, I think that can make a big, big difference. But on an individual level, um, if there's any parents listening particularly, I think having a conversation about sex um, is not enough. It's about what you say having the conversation. That's what matters. So having the conversation, I think it's important to reassure um, young boys and girls particularly that sex doesn't always go right. Um, I think that's important to acknowledge that it's very common uh, for something wrong to happen and that there's nothing wrong with you automatically if something wrong does happen um, and that if mm. something wrong does happen it should be important that you should be able to come to me. But I know, I know like parents won't, won't be able to have that conversation. It's just too awkward, particularly yeah. out of the blue. It's something that you kind of have to work through over time. Mm. Um, and then this is the other big one, like um, is trying to have a conversation, particularly with young boys about porn. Um, like there is a very good Ted talk. Um, this is just came to me about how porn doesn't only influence sex, but it also influences how you see women. Um, okay. and I think that's, I uh, we will include it in the show notes. Um, it does have a big, big impact particularly. And porn addiction is something that's actually quite common as well. That again is kind of put under the table as it's not that bad, but it is like, it's a big, big issue. And like you said, it's not going away. So it's not about that. It's about educating. Um, but like I know, for example, like I I have friends who I'm sure when their uh, other halves have asked about if they watch porn, they will deny it, even though one of the closest people they are to uh, in their relationship with, uh, they'll still deny it because it's still taboo. So I suppose just summarizing my biggest advice is on an institutional level, the level of sex education needs to improve in schools, particularly emphasizing what, when, what to do when sex doesn't work or why sex doesn't work. And then on an individual level, I would say that the important thing to do is um, have that conversation. Mm. It can be with anybody. It can be even uh, adult to adult, but more importantly, adult to child. OK, so really, it's kind of almost an education piece, both for the child and how we address institutionally, how we address sex education for children in schools. But then it's also probably a bit of an education piece for parents and teachers and how to actually have that chat and have that conversation um, with their child or children um, to actually better, you know, create an environment where sex ed or sexual health is better. Yeah. So, I mean, besides that, I think, I think, you know, we don't want to go into too much more detail. So I think, I think we might, we might cut it there. Um, we don't want to go into too much more detail on actual sexual health. Cause as we've said, um, sexual health and psychology, which maybe people don't even realize are more closely tied than people would think. And I know we've discussed in previous podcasts when we talked about the brain, how, sexual assault um can be tied to a poor um, mental health and poor emotional intelligence at a young age so there's lots of lots of areas where these two topics are tied together and i'm sure we'll have more deeper conversations um regarding that in the future as well i don't know is there anything else you want to add there christy before we tie it up no that's good that's everything 
Perfect. So uh, as we said, uh, we'll link everything in the in the show notes, be it videos, uh, links to research. Obviously, if you want more detail on sexual education, just go back to the previous episode with David Kavna. Um, it's as good as you're going to get when you want to understand how um, the state of sex education in Ireland is today and just in general in the world today. So um, as always, thanks a million for listening. Please share it with your friends if you think it's relevant. And um, we look forward to speaking with you. Uh, we look forward to doing another episode on stress in a couple of weeks. And uh, as always, mind yourselves. Mm-hmm.